0: The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With nifty business on News Talk. With me is Daniel Murray, political correspondent with The Business Post, and Stephanie Preisner, author and broadcaster, to look at all of the things making the news today. And prime amongst them is a story on the front of The Irish Independent, which is that schools refuse to accept new pupils until voluntary fees are paid. Stephanie, we've known for a long time that you get extorted by a combination of expectation and peer pressure to cough up voluntary fees to support schools that should be supported from direct taxation. What's interesting about this is it seems to be now uh, an absolute ultimatum. You will not get a place in some schools if you don't cough up the, quotes, voluntary contribution. Let's just
1: not call them voluntary contributions and say, we need this money because the state will not provide us with sufficient funding or cannot provide us with sufficient funding. So just pay it. And if you can't, like the way revenue do a deal with you, like, I don't know, maybe you pay it over installments over the course of your child's school life. But like either way, either the state pays them more, in which case we pay for it via taxation or we'd stop calling it voluntary contributions. Because I think that's the key issue here is that people are saying, well, it's voluntary, but it's not voluntary. I'm being forced into do it. So we just call it a fee, and then we.
0: But the difficulty is, if you have made the choice to put your child in a fee-paying school, you know at inception what it's going to cost you, and you've decided you are going to
1: pay. Are, they're not comparable, though.
0: A fee-paying uh, school is no. But nonetheless, if you're if your kid is in one in a state school, and you are on your uppers, and you don't have the money, and you're told cough up two hundred quid, you find yourself in an extraordinarily different difficult situation, which is worse than those in fee paying schools because you don't have a choice. But I do think that you could
1: say, like that there is a reasonable there are definitely people who just resent having to pay a voluntary inadvertent homeless fee but can afford 200 euro and those people should just like we just stop calling it voluntary and those people pay and then if you genuinely can't pay or it's too much for you you do some sort of deal with the school where you say listen I can't I don't have it now because I've got four children and whatever.
2: And part of the problem Anton as well is that there's all of these kind of hidden fees that pile up um, and if these kind of fees are becoming mandatory they just add to it, but there's uniforms, there's school books. Somebody was telling me the other day that uh, that you can get ebooks now, uh, e school books, and obviously this is meant to make things slightly no, cheaper you if, you, if, if you have an book. iPad. But you have to buy the school book to get the QR code or code to actually download the ebook, So which doesn't seem to have <laughs> sense on go back front. for a minute. You, you can get
0: the ebook, but you have to have a physically printed copy to yeah. be allowed
2: to have the digital copy. Yeah, the code to download the ebook. There's a woman inside. who was
1: putting it up on Instagram. She has like this shelf of books, of brand new school books that she has to buy to get the QR code on the inside cover to get the ebook version but you know each printed book has an ebook version of itself and you can't share
0: so you not only incur the greater cost of having a printed copy you incur all of the additional costs uh, or all of the printing, additional
1: impact of
2: printing of delivering to of your
1: trees knocking them down printing them turning to get them a QR paper. code yep yeah.
2: Yeah, not much of an environmental uh, benefit. So you can see, this, you know these things pile up. Uh, the, this article, good article by by Amy Malloy, suggesting that up to five hundred and fifty euro is being requested, basically in a in a mandatory way um, uh, from schools, um, or, or else their kids might not uh, get a place in the in the school at all. But um, as Stephanie was saying, it does point to an obvious funding crisis that there must be across the public school sector uh, and schools crying out for additional funding, and effectively, you know, the public school system then being subsidised by uh, by, by parents now, the Department of Education has said that this is illegal. You know, they're, they're, it's it's prohibited under the Education Act. These public schools are not meant to ask for uh, these kind of fees. I certainly not demand uh, that they be paid. So presumably, you know, if if some of this is in writing, that some of these schools can actually be be held liable.
0: Extraordinarily for. difficult, though, I would imagine for a parent because it is one thing to starve to death on your own personal high moral ground on an issue. It's another to drag your kids into a position where you feel they may be embarrassed going to school, they may not get the place going in school, they may have a more difficult experience because you've decided to be the person who takes legal action against their school.
1: Well, I don't think the, you, the parent has to take legal action it says here that the, you just contact the department and say hey this school at this address is doing this thing here's the letter uh, deal with it now you're probably going to be found out to be the one who ratted out the school but you know it's,
2: it's not fair if it's illegal and, and on the flip side you know some parents would be afraid of not paying some of these fees maybe not the, the fee to actually get your child in in the first place but some of the other fees that come around stationary or you know um, that, that have to be covered um, because it might be found out within the school or the, I think there's a mention in, in one of the articles about, you know, kids being taken out of class to be kind of questioned about why uh, fees haven't come in. So um, uh, that's obviously another point that you, you, you really don't want to, to put the kids. There. Tech saying we should also
0: stop the practice of giving gifts to teachers at Christmas and at the end of the year too. <laughs> There's pressure in this too and competition. Well, I, I can. Which pressure is there to give? And what, what do teachers get?
1: I think they get a lot of chocolate, but there is a competition
0: of like, oh, I'm going to be the one. It's to like get. the Sopranos. Yeah. I hope that exam
2: goes well, yeah. huh?
0: Here's, here's <laughs> this expensive shockey, candle. Yeah,
2: only giving gifts in, it's in just the classes re-gifting. where you're performing particularly badly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Re gifting of scented candles is what I think it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other story that I want your view on is on the, well, it's covered in the mail, it's covered in the indo, but I have to say the mail is my, my favorite headline of it, which is. Um, uh, The headline, Eamon Ryan is not an idiot. Says Tishak,
2: this. I mean, people might have said, "Well, this is self-evident and doesn't need stating." Why was it stated, Daniel? Well, obviously because he was asked the question in the first place, as is as is often the case with political uh, news stories. But uh, this comes down to Dublin Airport Authority looking to expand a cap that is in place on on, on passengers. So, thirty two million passengers are allowed to go through Dublin uh, Airport every year, cor- according to uh, the current regulation. The DAA want that lifted to to forty million. Eamon Ryan is the Minister for Transport, obviously, in charge. And although he has no role in making a decision uh, about this, he was criticised uh, during the week by Michael O'Leary, the uh, uh, famous head of uh, Ryanair, who called him an idiot, uh, called for him to resign. Um, uh, most, no, not because in not this is
0: because senior members of his party are objecting to the, well, the Exactly.
2: It's nothing to do with anything Eamon Ryan actually did, but it's because members of his party uh, have, have objected um, to this, uh, this proposed expansion at Dublin Airport. and obviously Green uh, Party members are are opposed to it on the basis that it has environmental impacts you know uh, emissions but also local environmental impacts in terms of noise and uh, and uh, impacts on residents Eamon Ryan himself, I I was speaking to him about this before and he kind of said look as Minister for Transport this has to be a local authority Fingal County Council decision, I'm not going to intervene in it but you can presume, I mean Eamon Ryan himself came out against the proposed expansion of Dublin port very similar arguments on the environment environmental front uh, uh, for this so you can presume that he, he probably would be opposed to it in, in some form. And
0: what we're talking about ultimately is the capacity of Dublin Airport to take the passengers who want to come in. If this doesn't occur, at least according to Kenny Jacobs when he was talking to us, if this doesn't occur you come to a position where you are not able to accommodate business and tourism traffic into Dublin because of a planning regulation.
1: Yeah, but I wonder about whether if we invested in some of the other regional airports, like I know my husband is from the west of Ireland, I'm from Cork, there are definitely people who travel from those places to Dublin to get a flight to wherever they're going because it's, I don't know, cheaper or the day suits better. That if there was more
2: investment in f- other airports that we wouldn't necessarily maybe need the capacity at Dublin Airport. And that's certainly one of the arguments that's been put forward by some of the Green Party ministers. I mean, obviously, they're they're opposing it on environmental grounds, but Brian Ledin, who, who chairs the transport uh, committee and is a Green Party TD, has made that exact argument about, about regional balance and that why expand Dublin Airport when some of the air, other airports need to be expanded if we're, if we're to stay true to the kind of regional balance development plans that the, that, the government, uh, that the government has. So I think Leo Varadkar was asked about this during the week and he said, look, it's not an either or. And, and the truth be told, Dublin is the most connected airport and, and uh, flights won't just necessarily go to, to, to other airports. They, they need to be expanded there as well.
0: Tech saying, teachers don't request or want gifts from kids. This is about the voluntary contribution and suggesting suggestion that uh, in addition to the voluntary contribution, there's fierce peer pressure to give the kid the teacher's prezies. The decision to give gifts and any pressure to do so comes from other parents. Well, that's true. When you get the WhatsApp that says, can you cough up a tenner for so-and-so? Um, I was on a board of management and they were asking for voluntary donations and fundraising while they had a huge amount of money in the bank, says another... You can get ebooks without the real uh, book at a fraction of the cost in uh, some schools. We do it in our schools, says Tom, who describes himself as a principal. By the way, if, if, uh, in respect of voluntary co- contributions, if you are being asked to make them, you might give us an idea of what the amount is that you are requested to cough up. 53106 oh, at a cost of 30 cent, or you can get us 87 1400 on WhatsApp. The big story of the um, weekend so far, Stephanie, it has to be said, is Micheál Martin's feed.
1: I love this story. I love this story so much. Now, I will state that I have a bit of a growl for Martin and I have for a while um, also being quoted Humiliated
0: by his own feet.
1: Yes, humiliated by his own feet. He wore two odd shoes and there's a picture of them in Miriam Lord's column in the Irish Times today. Absolutely glorious. One pointy-toed shoe and one round-toed shoe slightly shinier. What is glorious about this is that he didn't actually notice. He didn't even notice when he got home and took off his shoes that day that this had happened. But his first quote when he found out was Mary will kill me over this. Which I don't...
0: Hang on a minute. I don't... I can understand if it's dark in the morning you're a bit bleary you haven't had the cup of coffee They're two black shoes Anton How do you take them off without noticing they're not the same I'd say you
1: stand on the heel of one of them slip out your foot stand on the heel of the other and don't even look down There is
0: not a prayer that Mio Martin doesn't untie his shoes Mio Martin not only unties his shoes he's a man with a shoehorn I know by the look of. Him. But if he has a shoehorn, he probably doesn't need to tie his shoes. He just slips Nobody them off. Nobody with on a shoehorn slips them off untied. One thing leads to the other. He's probably he has those little squeezy things that go in the front as well. Well,
1: maybe. Well, I. Th- well, if it is a PR stunt, it's glorious because I think it makes him incredibly endearing. It makes him a man of the people. We've all done it. I went to a launch of a very posh boutique in Kildare Village wearing my Crocs because I forgot my Crocs are my indoor shoes
2: because I forgot to change my shoes. It's the kind of thing that happens to you as a primary school student and you never want to show your face uh, again. So you don't expect it to happen to the to the tarnished of the country. Now, I have to say when I originally looked at the photo, I spent a few minutes staring at it trying to say, how are these odd shoes? Uh, They are two Uh black shoes and it must have been some very observant journalists that were staring at hold Martin's feet for whatever reason. One is a crocodile and one is an alligator. Like you can see you know the way the <laughs> crocodile and alligator are different. I, the thought, you the I thought you meant skin. I thought you meant
0: skins <laughs> for a second, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the shape of both. I, I think technically one is an Oxford and one is a brogue. Isn't that the, I, the difference? I don't know anything about men's shoes. I know about amphibians though. The thing that I don't understand is I would have thought there was a certain rule for, for men's shoes which is once you find one pair that works and is black and clean... Just keep buying that pair then they're interchangeable. It's like only wear black
2: socks. Yeah, or just have the single pair of formal shoes like uh, like I do and you never get them mixed up. But I suspect that Miaal Martin probably has six or seven or eight pairs. I'd of,
1: say he's uh, hard enough on formal. shoes.
0: You know, he walks a lot. He's He's got a good stride. I'd say he wears down the heel of a shoe quickly. <laughs> I know I we've really gone down the, the trivial rabbit hole but it's a bank <laughs> holiday weekend so what the hell. Um, can I give you a fact about Crocs that you might enjoy? Yes. You know the movie Idiocracy, which is about a future where stupidity has taken over and <laughs> that the world is run by... Are you
1: going to insult me here? No, not okay. A bit.
0: Well, a little actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> When they were planning that movie, they wanted the characters to look ridiculous and they found this tiny startup company that made shoes and they thought, these things are daft. So they dress everybody in the future in Crocs Crocs. and between filming the movie and it going out, Crocs exploded and became a big thing. But if you watch Idiocracy, everybody wears Crocs because the costume designers thought these are ridiculous. Nobody could wear those shoes.
1: And And now Crocs are like limited edition, like they'll sell for a thousand, like, so much money because they're so popular.
2: Well, not only did that become a reality, but the world has been taken over by idiots as well. So the movie was very, very uh, 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 prophetic. Apparently there is precedent for this.
0: Garrett Fitzgerald famously snapped in odd shoes back in the 1980s. Actually, a couple of texts pointing out that Garrett had been snapped in odd shoes. in the... Garrett Fitzgerald is, is, is sorely missed. I, many years ago, went out to interview him in his house and in his kitchen. Not making this up, there was a mirror ball hanging above the kitchen table. And I said, um, Taoiseach, what's the the mirror ball for? And he looked at me like I was a complete moron and went, the parties.
2: (laughs) We need more of you. I think if you had asked me out of any Taoiseach, which Taoiseach had a mirror ball hanging over his dining room, I don't think Garrett Fitzgerald would have been the one that, that I picked out.
0: Guys, thank you very much. Have a great bank holiday. Daniel Murray, political correspondent with The Business Post, Stephanie Breisner, author and broadcaster.
2: The Anton Savage Show Saturday
0: with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at 9.
2: On News Talk.